God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, who was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day, he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From there, he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe in the Holy Catholic Church. The, com the, the communion of the saint, the forgiveness of the sins, the re resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. And everybody say, Amen. Remember when we say the Holy Catholic Church, I have to keep saying it because I don't want no one to think that it's the Roman Catholic Church. The Holy Catholic Church, if you notice anything, I don't think most Catholics, those of you that were born Catholic, understood the word what the word Catholic means. It's universal. And when you look it up, you discover it. But again, just men's doctrine, we make things, you know. But that's what it is. It's meaning it's the holy universal church, meaning the body. All of us has our part that we have to function in it. You know, it takes all of us together. No one person, no one group has it all. Amen. We have to, we have to, when God has put something in us with a corporate anointing, our corporate anointing equals our personal anointing that he gives us. Because he gives us, he put us in the place that he designed. And you have already working in that familiar place with him. And that's why we come together on a weekly basis, two, three times a week or what not to do what? So that we could be refreshed. Amen? Amen. And so this morning, uh, we want to uh, go ahead on and just before we start out, start the class right here, let's say it out loud with me once again. Stand to your feet with me if you don't mind. And make this faith confession with me. It said, for the Lord is good. And his mercy endures forever. Whom the Lord has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. And look at one of us as you and I. Amen. Y'all may be seated. Praise God. Lord, thank you, Jesus. I know that's your husband, but you know, y'all wait till y'all get home with all that kind of stuff like that. <laughs> Glory to God. Amen. Well, we love you. We thank God for y'all this morning. Amen. Praise God. We are continuing our lesson in renewing the mind. Amen. We've been talking about faith in our redemption for the last six weeks or more, and you remember I gave y'all this confession <clears throat> that I read uh, by Dr. Lillian uh, Yaman. And 
you know, she made this statement, said God has tied himself irrevocable to humans. Think about the word irrevocable. Unchangeable. God is not changing his mind how he deals with you and I. In other words, his way of manifesting himself is through human. So you and I qualify. Amen. And it said, God has tied himself irrevocable to human cooperation in the execution of divine purposes. He has made man's faith a determining factor in the work of redemption. Hallelujah, huh? Oh, print this one? Yeah, we'll do that. Amen. Praise God. Well, that print come with a fee, y'all know that. All right. So let's take our Bibles and go to Hebrews, I mean, not uh, Romans chapter 12. Let's go to our opening scriptures. I believe next time Brother Joe go fish, goes fishing, he's going to catch some that long. Huh, Brother Joe? That big. Next time you go fishing, you catch it that big. Amen. <laughs> Notice the scripture says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by what? The mercies of God, that you do what? That you do what? What are you going to do? Come on, talk to me, class. What are you going to do? Present what? Your body's what? A living sacrifice. That you do what? You present your body a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is what? Your and my, what? Reasonable service. So remember, a living sacrifice is one that makes a decision to do. They will their will to do what? To make themselves a living sacrifice unto God. Why? Because... It's the only way that you're going to be able to receive all of God's goodness that is in your born-again nature. But it has to filter through your body. It has to filter through your soul. And if you don't renew your mind to this new life, this new attitude that you have as a believer, then you'll never be able to, your, your soul, your body, your circumstances, your condition will never be able to experience all of the goodness that God has on the inside. that I mean, that you have on the inside of you. You'll never be able to experience it. Why? Because an unrenewed mindset will keep the door shut. I mean, look, it's like all of the, this, the nutrients in this bottle, this water, you know, to refresh my body. It's in, this it's in this bottle. But guess what? As long as the cap is on there, I can never look. I can hold it up like this. Nothing coming out. I don't care how thirsty I am. Until I take that cap off and let this water flow in me, I'll never be refreshed. This is the same thing about the word. Your soul has to open the door for the spirit to release the divine substance of God so that your body can be refreshed. Your mind, your attitude, your behavior, your outlook on life can change. You can't change on your own. It's impossible. It takes the word of God, of one being born of God, 
but you have to, the word is in here, but it has to go, it has to enter into the soul. And your conscience has a big part to play with that. Are you understand what I'm saying here? Let's look at this again. Look at verse 12. Uh, Zach? I mean, uh, verse 2. I'm sorry. Do not be conformed to this world. What's another word for the word conform? Do not be what? Fashion. After. Huh? Do not be conformed to this world. In other words, don't fashion yourself after its artificial customs. It's not real. You got the real on the inside of you. It said, but be ye what? But be transformed, how? By the renewing of your mind. Now the word, again, the word renew, it means to renovate. What else does it mean? To restore. Amen? So if I'm going to restore my mind, if I'm going to renovate, sometimes if you're going to renovate a room, what you have to do? Tear down. Have a demolition party, right? Demolish, demolish some things. Demolish some walls. Maybe demolish some floors. Right? But it's the same as your mindset. That means there have to be some demolishing of old habits. Old way of thinking. Hmm? Old behavior. Until you demolish, you can't, de notice this, it takes the truth of God's word to reveal what I need to demolish. It takes the, the truth of God's word for me to be able to know this habit is bad. This is not God's behavior. This is not the way God wants me to behave. The word does not promote this. See, that's what repentance is all about. We talked about that a little bit in our 8 o'clock class. Repentance is a change of mind, but one mind cannot change until you know the truth. Are you understand what I'm saying? And I'm not just talking about you know the truth by able to quote it. You know where it's located. No, living in truth is actually living it out, walking it out, having experiential knowledge of that truth. That, you know, when you're experiencing that truth, how? By changing your behavior, you got a bad attitude. And the word, and the word goes to show you what type of attitude we're supposed to have. Then what I do? I make a decision and say, you know what? I'm not going to speak in that kind of language anymore. Why? Because you found the truth. Huh? You know, the Bible talked about how anger, you know, uh, let's put this up for a moment. Go with me to um, Proverbs chapter 12. I don't know why I'm talking about anger. Somebody must, be, somebody must need that. You must be angry. Get happy. Stop being angry. Let me give you some illustrations about, you know, uh, as Jesus said in John 8.32, you should know the truth and the truth should do what? Set you free or make you free, right? So let's go to Proverbs chapter 12. 
And let's just hang out over there for a little bit. It said, whoever loves instruction loves what? Knowledge. Y'all can, can speak up. This is a class. Y'all can talk. Amen. This is the time you can talk. Whosoever, go back. Whosoever loves instruction loves what? Knowledge. See, so that's where, that's where knowledge comes from. Knowledge comes from what? Instruction. Well, when you get instruction, where does instruction come from? Instruction gives you wisdom. It gives you understanding how to use what it is that you know. So notice this. Whoever loves instruction loves knowledge, but he who hates instruction or hates correction. So, you know, in order for you, in order for you to have the God kind of knowledge, one has to be corrected. Right? So you why? Because my way of thinking is stinky. My way of thinking is my way. But when I see God's word is saying that the change has already took place in my spirit, but in order for my spirit to release the divine energy or essence of God, I have to open myself up and receive correction and say, hey, I'm not going to speak that way. But if I, receive, if I refuse correction, what is it saying? You're stupid. Now, I didn't call you stupid. The scripture said you were stupid. Stupid. You understand what I'm saying? All right. Okay. Move on a little bit. Go ahead and move on. <laughs> a good man will obtain favor from the Lord. Right? But a man of wicked intentions, he will what? Condemn. Why? Because you've already condemned yourself in the way you think. Is that right? All right. Let's go a little bit farther. A man is not established by wickedness, but the root of the righteous cannot be what? Moved. But the root. See, what would be the root? The new life that I have in Christ. What is new attitude? What is new? The root of the righteous can't not be moved. Why? Because it's not established in self-righteousness. It's established in God himself. That's why if the root can't be moved. You have his life living inside of you. Amen. But if I want that life that's in me to, if I want to enjoy that life that's in me, I got to change my way of thinking. Hmm? Next word. Next verse. An excellent wife is the crown of a husband. But she who causes shame is like rottenness in his bone. Yeah, yeah. Look, they, go, they just go right through that one. They understand we move on. <laughs> All right, verse five, verse 5. The thoughts of the righteous are what? Right. The thoughts of the righteous. N notice what it said. Now, the qualification of that part of the verse is what? The righteous. The thought of the righteous are right. Why? Because you're not going to think anything outside of his way. Even if you did, you have a conscience and it will convict you. Say, no, 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 no. That ain't the right way to think. That's not the right way to be. Huh? 
you know, Sister Celeste, she may speak to her husband, Brother Dave, wrong. And then she get convicted. That, that means the Lord is telling you, stop it. That's not right. Now go ask your husband to forgive you for that. Huh. Well, Lord, he deserved that. Huh? Is that right? No, he don't. See, you, you have that moment to make your mind up to act on the word. But when you won't act on the word, that means your heart is not, has not been sensitive enough. You hadn't let it go. You, you know the truth, but you ha you're not willing to let it go to the place of where I can say, Dave, forgive me. I was wrong. Rather, what we'll say, well, he know. He know, he, he know I love him. Right? No, that's not forgiveness. That's not a soft heart. Right? I mean, you know, Look, look for a moment. We'll come right back to the verse. Go to Proverbs 15, 1. I believe it is. A soft answer. Huh? What does a soft answer do? See, you, a soft, you can only do that with that nature living inside of you. But you got to allow that life to flow forth out of you. Remember the bottle? I got water here. Oh, I'm thirsty. Well, guess what? Take the cap off. Now my body can be refreshed. That's the same thing. Your soul have to open up. Your thinking, your, your decision-making uh, factor, it has to open up and receive that new truth. A soft answer turns away wrath. When it says a soft answer, it doesn't mean just no. It means that a soft answer, it, it has some integrity. It has some weight to it. Right? It has some life in it. But notice what it said. But. Everybody say but. but. So you can circle. You, that means we just zeroed out everything that we just said. But a harsh word does what? It stirs up anger. So what is it telling you? You are in position to make the change. So what are we talking about? We're talking about renewing the mind. If I don't renew my mind to the new hardware, which is my born-again life, the nature that I have, then guess what? I will continue to speak harsh words. I will continue to spew words out my mouth filled with anger. Why? I know what it said, but I'm not allowing it to work through me. I'm not, I'm not acting on it. Yes, it's going to make you feel a little uncomfortable. Yes, it's going to take you out of your comfort zone. Yes, it's going to make you feel like a little ninny. You know, if you're a man, it may make you feel like a little punk. You know what I mean by that? I ain't saying that. No, no, no. That's a fool. See, we, you may have grew up one way thinking this way because that's what they told. But when you see the truth, hear the truth. Oh, no. I'm not going to stay that way. I'm changing. I don't care what it takes. I'm changing. A soft answer does what? 
it turns away what? But a harsh word does what? It stirs up anger. Keep going, Zach. The tongue of the wise. You see that? The tongue of the wise means another way of saying the tongue of wisdom. Because the tongue of the wise, that's where wisdom comes from. Oh, that's where the word, that's where wise, being wise comes from. You're having wisdom. God's wisdom. God's truth gives us wisdom. It gives us light. It gives us understanding. But I have to be the one to speak it. I have to be the one to act on it. I have to be the one to tell my wife, I was wrong. Forgive me. Woof, boy. It gets easier when you, but when you don't, when you're not accustomed to saying it. Well, she know. Shoot. <laughs> All right? No, that ain't going to fly with God. You understand what I'm saying? Promotion, if you want to be used by God, whatever capacity, you get to learn to walk in these things first. The tongue of the wise use knowledge, what? Rightly. But the mouth of fools, what does it do? What does it do? Come on, talk to me, class. It pour forth what? Foolishness. <laughs> My baby brother, before he went on to be, went on to be with the Lord, don't you come down here with all that foolishness. <laughs> hey, he the one full of it. <laughs> the eyes of the Lord are where? In every place. I mean, even when you speak evil, even when you speak wrong, even when you just, it's the eye of the Lord is everywhere. That's what calls your conscience to say, that's not right. Why? Because God put in you to know what's right and what's wrong. Well, it just made me mad. That's still not a, that's not, that's not a good enough reason. You are the subject. You have to make the decision. You have to be the one to say, no, I'm not going there. I made my decision. That's what, that's what repentance, you're making a decision to change your mind on that. I'm not going back to that. I'm not going back down that road. I'm not going to do those things again. Why? Because I see the truth. I'm putting this truth in practice. I'm practicing this truth. I'm practicing this truth of this new life, of this new identity, this new attitude, this new outlook I have. I want the fullness of God. It says what? That you may be able to prove what is that good and acceptable will of God. You can't prove what is good. You cannot prove the will of God. You cannot prove what is acceptable until you change your mindset. I mean, just understood what I just said. You got to change your mindset. Without a changed mindset, you could be in the best church. You could be sitting under the best teacher, the best preacher. But if you don't put in motion what they're saying, 
All you, all you have is a good teacher, a good pastor, good preacher, but you're still not changed. I want you to be, I want you to live a changed life. Amen. I don't want you to walk out and say, man, pastor's a good teacher. Well, where's the fruit? Where's the evidence? A believer does what? He believes. And do. I got a little boy say, I'm doer. I'm doer. You know what that means, huh? He's a doer of the word. <laughs> so the eyes of the Lord is where? In every place, even when I act wrong. Keep watching. Keep keeping watch on the evil and the good. Now that's something. And he don't even judge you for it. He don't even, he don't even hit you across the head. He don't. He's letting you, he's letting you, he's letting you make the choice. To straighten that up. Why? Watch this. I'm gonna show you why. Zach, we're gonna come back. Deuteronomy 30. I want to say 19. Deuteronomy 30. Look at this. I call, and put this in the NLT for me, for, 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 in this verse. Today, everybody say today. today. That's, that's what you have right now. I have given you the choice. Who's giving you that choice? God has. I've given you the choice between what? Life and death. Blessing and curses. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Remember we say God watches over? He's watching over. Remember the verse we read in Proverbs? He's watching over. He said, notice it. I call heaven and earth to witness the choice you made. Oh, that you would what? Choose life so that you and your descendant might live. It didn't say, you know, a feeling. No, you have to make a decision that you're going to choose right. You're going to choose life over death. That you and you, if you don't do it for you, do it for your children. Do it for your children's children. Hmm? You must make a decision. And that decision don't start yesterday. It starts right now. You can't do nothing about yesterday. But you have right now. Hmm? He said, oh, that you would what? Choose life. So that you and your descendant might live. Why? Because you made a decision. Amen. All right. Go come back. Go back over there. What? Uh, Proverbs fifteen. I gave you that verse in essence to Proverbs. I think was fifteen three that we was at. The Lord is watching. The eyes of the Lord are in every place. Keeping watch over what? 
the evil and the good. But he's telling you what to choose. So you have to be, Brother Joe, you have to, you have to make a decision. Say, I'm, I don't care how I felt. I know I've been making decisions like this all my life. But I, look, I see that it's wrong. I see that it's hurtful. I see that it doesn't honor God. It doesn't honor the life that's in me. And that's why he say, hey, he's watching over to see what choices you make. He's watching over. Why? Because I call heaven and earth to record this day against you. It's all up to you and I to choose. I choose life. What about you? Okay. Next verse, Zach. A wholesome tongue. What is a wholesome tongue? A tongue that's whole. A wholesome tongue is a tree of life. Why? Because the tree of life lives on the inside of you and I now. When you got born again, that tree of life moved from the Garden of Eden to the inside of you and I. <laughs> see, can you see now why the decision making is always up to you? Because you got the tree of life in you if you allow the fruitfulness of it to manifest through your mouth, through your way you think. Stop being so easily provoked to anger. Hmm? Stop being so easily moved to uh, not doing the right thing. No. A wholesome tongue is what? A tree of life. But perversion is. You see that? What it does? It breaks the spirit. Not your born again spirit. It just breaks the spirit of your mental disposition. Hmm? It breaks the spirit. All right, next verse. A fool despises his father's instruction. But he who receives correction is what? Prudent. I've never seen a day that we live in now that you can't be corrected. We're living in days today that no one wants to be corrected. Hmm? How you gonna correct me and this and that? Well, God don't have no other way of correcting us but through imperfect people. It take imperfect people go correct us, but they're not correcting us from their point of view. They're correcting you from the word. It the word. Someone have to have God's word. Remember, God have to have a body to dwell in so that He can use your mouthpiece or your vocal cord to correct you when you don't. Take heed. Now, you can listen to the voice of your spirit. You can listen to the voice of your conscience, and it will correct you if you choose it, if you choose to hear. There are times we don't want to hear. There are times we, you know, we, got, we have trouble hearing. But God will send someone along, 
And you'll know that you you'll know that you gotta understand because you say, Well, who are you to correct me? You better go you, you know, like what they used to have that old song. <laughs> Clean up around your own back porch before you come around here with mine. You understand what I'm saying? See, that lets you know right there. You already know. Because now you're on the defense. Right? All right. Keep going, uh, Zach. In the house of the righteous, there is what? Much treasure? Huh? But in the revenue of the wicked is what? Trouble. Why? Because that's all that's all, that's all they think on. That's all that's there. That's all they carry. Next verse. The lips of the wise does what? It disperses not. Why? Because it's revelation knowledge. It's knowledge that is being revealed out of your born again nature. You're taking time to conceive. You're taking time to think on. You're taking time to meditate on his way, his word. It's not enough just to be born again and live on the earth. If I'm going to be, which as I am, born again, but guess what? I need his word to do what? To conform, to allow this truth that's in me and whose I am to what? To be revealed that everyone can see I'm a Christian. It's not enough just to say I'm a believer, but there's no fruit. Hmm? But the heart of the fool does not what? Let's give you a couple more. Keep going, Zach. The sacrifice of the wicked is what? An abomination to the Lord. But the prayer of the upright is his delight. Why? Because you're, it's his word that you're praying. It's his word that have eternal life. It's not a feeling. It's a decision. The Holy Spirit would give you the feeling later on. But you got to be willing to make the right decision, make the right stand, even when you don't feel it. I don't need my emotion to be involved to make the right decision. It's just good enough to know that, hey, I'm standing on God's word. The emotion will show later. But if you're looking for your emotions to be moved, all you're going to have is a moment of your emotion. But when you make a decision, that means you have thought on that. You know that this is right. Hmm? I mean, you have to make a decision. We make decisions every day, right? Before you came, you had to make a decision, wash your face, brush your teeth, right? Clean your mouth up, right? You won't come there with a, with a, you know, with your mouth full of, you know, right? <laughs> you made a decision. You make that decision every day, right? Sometimes I go in the mirror, I got to make a decision. Oh, I got to shave my head. But I got to do it. If I don't, them little fuzz going to start coming out all over, right? See, we do, we do it every day, right? We make decisions. 
So all I'm saying, let's start making decisions based on the word. If you don't, that old man that left behind, that old nature that left behind, that old man or the old habit, it will continue to keep dominating in your life. You saved, but you're still acting like you're not. That's fruit in the life of the righteous. Okay? Okay, let's go a couple more. The way of the wicked is what? An abomination to the Lord. But he, but he loves him who what? Follows what? Righteousness. Huh? All right, let's get this, let's get verse 10. Harsh discipline is for him who forsake the way. Harsh discipline is for who? Who did that what? They don't want to listen. They forsake the way. So harsh treatment is for who? Those who don't want to what? So when you say, well, why is this happening to me? Why is this keep happening? Why is it always happening to me? Because you keep, you keep not want to listen. Listen, Linda. <laughs> Don't want to listen. And the boy said, all that grandma. No, listen, listen, Linda. No, you listen. No, listen, Linda. All this grandma. All this. That thing went viral. I can't tell you. Anybody ever heard that little boy talk? If y'all hadn't heard that, y'all need to. If you want a good laugh, just listen to that. Oh, that's a good laugh. Harsh discipline is for what? It's for him who forsakes the way. So I can't say, why is this happening to me? I didn't want to listen. That's why these things keep happening in your life. You keep repeating the pattern. And then we always make someone else what? The fault, the reason. And he who hates correction will what? You can die spiritually as well as physically. You die. Hmm? You know, <laughs> I, I was at a I was at a stoplight the other day. These two lanes are the turning lane. This guy was in this lane. Now his light was green to go straight, but then you know how they had a blank. You know the the turning lane. They have that blinking light, blinking arrow. Okay, so you know. We know we couldn't go because traffic was. Well, he had like he was going straight. He went all around and made that turn. I said, Lord. You know, when I was younger, I used to do that. <laughs> but we did that as a game just to see, can you know. You know, you had a heavy feet when you were young. But what I'm saying if he don't correct that, 
One time he's going to do that. And if he dies, why? He hated correction. That red light say, you're supposed to go what? Straight. It ain't going to tell you, but it's telling you. You forgot to know the sign. Right? But if you just go like this, well, whose fault is it? He is. He didn't choose to correct. See, God is always talking to us. But we just don't see it. Hmm? All right. Keep going, Zach. Oh, y'all don't like this word right here. Hell. <laughs> Hell and destruction are before the Lord. So how much more the heart of the son of men? Huh? It's all before the Lord. God didn't commit hell, I mean, uh, uh, have hell and destruction for you and I. It was for Satan and his co-hosts. But the disobedient, those who wouldn't re receive his son as his sacrifice, hell and destruction is waiting. Okay? We're talking about renewing your mind. We're talking about giving you actual demonstration of how to put this in place. It's not enough just to know the scripture, but you have to be willing to step in it. Huh? Just like I had to be willing to put this shirt on. You got to be willing to step in it, put it on. You got to be willing to stand on it. It's not enough just to say, yeah, I know what it says. Yeah, I did. I went to church today. Oh, it was a good word, but you're not practicing it. So it's not that good. It's good when you practice it. Because when you practice it, the devil knows now you are up on him. Now he knows that, hey, uh-oh, they discover how to keep me out of their affairs. But when you won't live it, that's why he'll stay at your house. Huh? Yeah, he sit on your front porch with your lemonade. <laughs> it's time for me to quit. <laughs> Let me see. I give y'all a couple more, and I'm quitting. Come on, Zach. <laughs> a scoffer does not love one who corrects him. I'm telling you, I can't, I can't tell you how many times people don't like to be corrected. And don't be, don't get, don't be kind of got a little age on you. Oh, you little whipper snapper. I've been doing this, this and that, that and that, right? Yeah, you, can you see that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. A scoffer does not love one who corrects him. Nor will he go to the wise. Why? Oh, I already know what he's going to say. I won't go there. I ain't going there. I already know what he's going to say. Right? 
A merry heart makes a what? Cheerful countenance. See, what will make a heart merry? You know, when you know the right thing and you do it. But sorrow of the heart. It's not talking about your heart that pump blood. It's talking about the way you think. Your mindset, the heart, the, but, but the, by sorrow of the heart, the spirit is broken. Hmm? And it's not talking about your born again spirit. It's just talking about your mental disposition is broken. By what? By sorrow. Because why? You won't choose right. You still think you could do it your way. You still think you can get by. You still think you can be cunning, conniving, manipulative, controlling. Mm -mm. That's why he said, I'm going to close with this. Put that verse back up there, Zach. Deuteronomy 30, 19, put in the NLT. Huh? Romans what? Absolutely. I don't know what that is right now. It's in my hand. Today, everybody say today. I've given you the choice. Look at somebody and say, I've given you the choice. Between life and death, blessing and curses, now I call on heaven and earth to witness. Now look at him and say, the choice you make. Oh. There you go. That you would choose life. Tell him that. That you would choose life so that you and your descendant might live. Romans 14, 12. Let's look at that. One verse, one more verse. Romans chapter 14 and verse 12. And we're going to let y'all go today. You got it, Brother Joe? Put that back up there for him, Zach. Deuteronomy 30, 19 in the NLT for Brother Joe. You're taking a picture of that. You want me in that picture too, brother? <laughs> There you go. See, when a person take a picture, want that? That means that, that, that has some meaning. Okay, go to, go to Romans 14, 12. So then each of us should do what? Give account. Man, that's a powerful scripture. So each of us should give an account of himself to God. Well, I'm going to let y'all go today. That's all I have. I mean, I got more for you, but, you know, we're going to call it. We're going to call it today. Amen. Did y'all learn anything? <laughs>